busy. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Let me help you with that. Tomorrow on the, we're doing the Matt and Jerry live broadcast from the Empire Tavern, sitting on Lowe's. Mm-hmm. Would it actually kill us to get a urinal in this studio? I was thinking this. You say when I was setting up those toilets, shall we just get that one from out there, Jerry? That there's a couple of toilets out there. Shall we do you need to plumb toilets, or do they sort of work themselves out? Because you know a lot of spa pools now, you don't need to plumb; you just fill them up again. Do you need to still need to plumb toilets? Well, can I tell you one thing? Uh, Self composting toilets suck. <laughs> I, I have had some experience of recent times with a self-composting toilet, and let me tell you, they are, excuse the pun, shit. Well, you need you make more deposits than you make, I imagine you make a lot more deposits than you make withdrawals from a self-composting toilet. you got to put the sawdust in them, so you do what you're going to do, and then you put some sawdust in over the top of it, and the idea is that it's all just biodegrades inside of itself. It reeks. When I was growing up, I had an outdoor toilet. Did you? I grew up on the farm with an outdoor toilet. Well, the one closest to my room was an outdoor toilet. Oh. And so I was always too lazy to go all the way over to the house to get into the house. And so in, in the middle of winter, and I'd always also be too lazy to put my shoes on, so I'd run and bare feet over to the <laughs> toilet in the dark past a lot of possums and just sit there and the toilet was so cold. I can imagine. What you just said there really resonated with me as a South Islander. I, I know that feeling of in the morning having – because I was – Growing up, I was in a sleep out, so it was the yeah. same thing. Like, yeah. I had to get into the house in the morning via wet grass was the yeah. way to do it. And like you're saying, is no one can be bothered putting their shoes on in the morning. <laughs> so lazy oh, and it's so painful. man, just freezing. And then you get inside and you've still got the water on your feet and a bit of leafage going yeah, on. Oh, the leafage, oh. getting back into your bed with the leafage and the cold feet. Can you need a rock a gumboot across the lawn? Yeah, there's a there's a small chance that you might put a gumboot on with be- with so- no socks though, yeah, and that's that's a horror in itself. Frozen gumboots, frozen gumboots. It's almost better to just go to barefoot it. I had one of those pairs of shoes that by the end of their life they just had no heel left on mm. them because you just put your feet in them oh, and yeah. then rest your heel. Oh down. yeah, it kind yeah, of yeah, looked yeah. like a croc. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, you might yeah. you might do that. You might half put your feet in, <laughs> but this was a full hundred meters to the outside toilet of my. That are in another hundred meters to the house, so that's a hundred meter spread. So was it? Well, there was no toilet in the in the barn that you're in. No. And so was the toilet attached to the house? The toilet was like a long drop. You know, the toilet was attached to because there was. So the house we had, it was like had multiple different houses. So there was a, it was the main house, and then there was the house, the this like the other house that had a toilet, in it, and then there was a sort of another sort of granny thing that had a toilet in it so the toilet i was going to was outside but attached to a house okay so it wasn't inside yeah okay so was so, that on on the farm was it yeah it was on the farm yeah, oh, yeah. right so so there was lots of different buildings many of them absolutely decrepit and full of possums <laughs> i had a friend that was also <laughs> and rats I and imagine, rats yeah that was running one of those houses that you do rurally where there seems to be about four different buildings on the property <laughs> with each with a different purpose and yeah. one of them has a toilet one of them has the kitchen one of them's got the tv in it as well oh and wow then, yeah, it was quite bizarre. I think it was quite common. Well, we had just the main house where most of the family lived. Oh, yeah. And then, but I moved a lot of my friends into the house because I had friends, you know, I went to a high school where a lot of people had been expelled from different places. So they'd be from <laughs> different towns. And so I'd just tell my parents. My parents were so generous. I'd just go, uh, Neil's moving into the cottage. And so, and, and so Neil lived in the cottage. 
How old were you about this? Was this uh, about like four, fifteen? Wow. Okay. So fifteen. I said Neil's got no family. He's moving into the cottage. Jenny's got no family. She's moving into the barn with me. That was when oh, we were about sixteen. I bet she, was. Oh, I bet she had Jenny no family was, and moved into the barn. Yeah. And yeah. better commas. She's got no family. She's moving into the barn. But it's an old school kind of thing, isn't it? All those buildings that you have in houses, and because property values are zero in Dunedin. <laughs> I would have thought that Professor Heath would have been heavy on the maintenance and doing that sort of stuff up. Oh, he's, shit! Yeah. He's no. He's no stranger to a hammer and nail. Oh sh- shit! Yeah, like some of these, he'd build things. He'd build, he'd build anything, any time. Um, so he built like so. You know, I, when I say I lived in a barn, rebuilt the upstairs of the barn. It was like a luxury apartment. It was awesome with a skylight, and oh, it was really nice up there. Really, really cool. Like it was like almost like a New York loft or something. It was just a long way from a toilet and a long way from the house. He didn't put a bathroom in there. You'd go wheeze out the window, wouldn't you? Oh, that's why I reckon why I've got a terrible fire trucking problem because for my most of my childhood I just weed out a door. Uh. And there was, there was I did the same <laughs> So it was it was really I'd only be going down to the other toilet for number twos, but I basically had not weed in a toilet. For most of my childhood. It's all well and good as long as it's a rainy place. But as soon as you get that wee going in the summer with a bit of sun on it. Yeah. And the sun plus the wees makes a different substance. Well, we because well, there was two doors. There was, the door, there was a deck that came off my barn. And so there's the stairs that went up to the deck that came off the barn. But there was also like, you know, how barns just have those doors to nowhere. Yeah. Barn for, doors. For, Barn doors, but you know it's on the second yeah. story. It just opens to nowhere. Yeah. So I used to get up in the morning and just wee straight out of that barn door, and and then um, my mum said, and but it was like direct path from my mum where she was doing the dishes or the kitchen in the morning. She goes, every morning I see you just standing there with your pan, just an arc of urine. She goes, it's not a great way to start the day, would no. it? No. And I said, but if I wee out the other door, then I'm just weeing straight onto the deck. And she's like, well, just wee in the toilet. I said, oh, I can't no. do that, mum. Can't do it. And also where I weed out of the um, barn door open, there was also the barn door down the bottom. And there was still hay and everything that was kept into that mm. in that barn. And that oh. was, we were all... Lovely. So, so people had to... So my dad was like, I'm having to walk through your weed. Oh. Like, I don't know what to say, Dad. Put, give me an ensuite. Well, what if it killed them to, to give you a bedpan? What mm. about a bedpan? Operate a bedpan like from the 1850s. Yeah, I would have killed them to give me a bedtime. But I think a lot of people, because my mate Phil Smith was talking about my mate... Joel Smith, who's his son, and he was saying, I don't think Joel's ever really weed in a bathroom. He just, he's, he's listening to the show. Hi, Joel, if you're listening. But, you know, I think in the South Island, if you live rurally, you don't, like, same with you, if you live rurally-ish or, or you just don't wee inside ever. I, I've had a problem at parties now up in Auckland where I'd prefer to wee outside yeah. than I would inside, so I'll, I'll scout out a fence or something like that, look yeah. for that to wee on. As a, I just feel more comfortable weeing on a fence. Well, do you remember than- that time we were hanging out with Baz McCullum in Christchurch? And and I went to go inside to wee. It was at this big house. Where was that? Was that where was that? That was Maryvale. Maryvale. Yeah. Oh, lovely. And it was this big, large mansion. And and Jerry was going inside to wee, and everyone else. And then I went to go inside to wee, and and Baz tapped me on the shoulder and goes, "A tiger boy's wee outside." <laughs> and so he led me around the side. He's not wrong. It was the fanciest house you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good a, point. A tiger a boy's wee outside. Court, Tennis court and a swimming pool is a beautiful house. <laughs> Whose house was it? Oh, I was one of Baz's mates, and then and then we ended up. Yeah, you were out weighing against this fence around the corner. Yeah, well, Baz McCullum, when Baz McCullum tells yeah. you do something, you freaking do it. Also, I feel much more comfortable weighing against the fence in front of that guy's multi-million dollar house. 
Later on, I remember I was in a conversation with Simon Barnett. I think that was the time <laughs> yeah. when Simon Barnett, when we were driving yeah. Simon Gary's billboard down yeah. the country. And Simon Barnett gave us the advice, wasn't it? He says, this is how you do radio. You do your show and leave immediately before wankers try and tell you how to do your show. That's right. That was his he advice. He said, get out. Because we if you want to him, do longevity in radio, yeah, that's you, right. you leave as soon as you finish. Don't let them talk to you. Don't let them suck the life out of you. Yeah, that's exactly right. We said, how have you managed to have a 30-year career in radio? And he said, I leave as soon as the show's over. <laughs> that's how. That's yeah. great advice. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. He's a great broadcaster oh, and he's a very so nice man. He's a lovely, lovely man. What does he do now? Does he still is he he's still on ZB? ZB, very popular show. ZB, yeah, yeah. He's still doing GJ. He's no longer with Phil Gifford. You thank you. He's um with James Daniel. Daniel, yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah, that was an interesting trip. But the thing there with that because because you know me and Jeremy, massive Baz McCullum fans. We just ran into him randomly, didn't we, at this bar? But then we had to be in an appearance. There was we had to be an appearance in town, and we're like. We were at a bat. We're hanging out with Baz McCullum, because we ran into him in a bar, and he said, "Come back to my mate's house and have some drinks." Why did we see him? And so, and so, we were drinking with Baz, and we've just there's thousands of phone calls from people and texts, and we've just been told by Cybarnet to not hang out with radio people outside of work. And meanwhile, there's there's this elaborate event that's been set up oh, at this bar yeah. that we're supposed to be at, and we're like, hang out with Baz, drinking beers, punishing him with cricket chat, and yeah. getting the inside details. Yeah go to an appearance at a bar in town and we were weighing that up and i got to say the hangout with Baz for another hour and a half while everyone waited for us it was really heavily weighted in that favour it was a good time before you let us know what you chose we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with what you chose we chose to hang out with Baz yeah of course we did (laughs) and play darts yeah darts and one of those cool South Island things that that uh, wealthy people have in the South Island, which is like an outhouse, but it's outdoors, and it's like a loggia or something. Yeah, and it's got a fire in it. Yeah, but it's got a roof. Yeah, yeah, and it's an outdoor space so you can smoke. Yeah, and it's got a, it's got a beer fridge. Yeah, yeah. and it's and it's um, but yeah, it's got a fire and it's got a TV and it's got a darts board and stuff like that. What, yeah. I, what I struggled to do was because I was talking yeah. to Baz McCullum, big fan, and he was on the darts, and, and I was going dart for dart with him, and I hadn't smoked for years, and also red wine for red wine with him. <laughs> I had a like, terrible head spin. It's getting massively caned. How are you feeling the next morning? I can only imagine. You scrubbed up pretty rough. We came in we we came in, in a terrible state into the appearance much later on. <laughs> so parched. Which is to Baz, do you want to come to this? And he goes, fuck no. <laughs> That's right. He's like, oh, I don't want to do that. Was, I'd be like, I, he goes, oh, it would be horrible. It would be horrible for me. And of course it would be because because I mean, he's getting punished enough by you and I. So where did we, so we were ACC at a cafe or something? No. ACC and Hideki had G-Lane not there? No, he wasn't there. So what happened, we ran into Baz <laughs> and then he said, and then we had a few drinks with him where we were and he goes, do you want to come back to this house? But I don't know why we ran into Baz. It, was it just a, it was was just a fortuitous. The, he was at the cafe that we were at or something? Yeah. And he was, but he was drinking with some dudes and gambling. He was betting on some horses. He was there was a TAB Doesn't situation. Doesn't sound like him. <laughs> he was drinking red wine, smoking cigs, and watching racing. <laughs> he's such a hospitable guy. Fuck, he's a lovely guy. He's a lovely guy. He's very hospitable. He he makes you feel good, eh? Like mm. he he he's good chat, and he's he's so he's so South Dunedin. He's down to earth. He's very successful South Dunedin. Basically, what England cricket have done is they've got the guy. Who everyone likes hanging out with. Yeah. Who makes you feel good about yourself. 
who inspires you to be good and who has just no hang-ups. Yeah. And then they've got him and they said, you can coach this team with talented English cricketers. He sits in the pocket, eh? He's not like, you know, we go, or we've got to go. And he goes, no, you don't. Just stay here. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. We don't. Do we have to really? Do we really have to go? My flatmate plays cricket with Baz's son, Riley. Oh, wow. How, how old's Riley? Uh, 19. Good, oh, yeah. good cricketer. Wow, is he 19 now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Per- wow. So, and he's, Riley was telling my flatmate that um, he, that the house was free that night, so if you want to bring, if you want to come around after training for a couple, of, for a bit of a run around, then that, that's great because the England boys were training, in when they were on tour in here in New Zealand for a while. He said the English boys are training tonight, so my house is free. Great house, my dad's house. Let's all come around and have some drinks post cricket training, their club training. And he gets home with Riley and the entire English cricket team <laughs> is <laughs> is there and you've got Joe Root and Ben Stokes and Baz on a couch just pounding a couple of ciggies <laughs> and red wines. <laughs> so uh, that's the kind of thing that they're operating. Well, that's the problem for world cricket. And like, even though Australia won the first Ashes, they are now, because they've got Baz and Ben Stokes and, and all those players, the English team are the coolest team in oh, the world yeah. now by a long way, which has never been the case. The English have always been like, Nasser Hussein and <laughs> boring you know, and, Ga- and like people like Gower, you know they had they had some cool guys. Obviously, beefy both of them. I think Gower was pretty cool. Was he? Yeah, you like they, had, they had Atherton though. Oh, Atherton, Yuck. not not so cool. I don't no. know if Gower was cool. No, no, Gower was cool. Was he off yeah, the field? I heard a story about Gower, Gower was cool. Oh, Gower was Lord Gower is cool. <laughs> was he cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a bit of an under. He's a real gentleman, right? But Slow scoring. He's um, why well, he was elegant. He was actually. I watched a game the other day, New Zealand versus England, nineteen eighty three, at the MCG, and it was a. It was what was described as one of the greatest one day games ever, un, up till nineteen eighty three, and it was a last ball thriller. They needed like six off the last over. It was almost impossible. <laughs> and run a ball, you can't do it. Was it. Very stuff. difficult run a ball. It was hard, man. <laughs> eighty three, and uh, but Ian Botham. How much better than everyone else was he at, at that stage? He was hitting these huge sixes with with his DF attack. <laughs> and uh, with the bats in those days, to hit proper sixes into the crowd at the MCG, he must have been a It's a long way player. with a piece of balsa wood. But David Gow scored 120-odd in this oh, yeah. game off about 165 balls, so it wasn't terrible. That's, that's slow for now, but fast for then. Yeah, but 1983, England versus New Zealand is in Brisbane. Our bowling attack includes Hadley, Sneddon, Troop, Cairns, Coney, and Chatfield. He got 158 off 118. Wow. In 1983. Wow, because that was the same series. Must have been. Yeah. So he must have got back to back, or nearly back to back hundreds, because he scored this one at the MCG as well. We lost. Sneddon. We lost. Oh, we lost that game. Well, we won the other one. I saw Sneddon the other day. Sneddon bowled well. Sneddon bowled the last over. Sneddon. He's the hero. Sneddon, hard to get away. Hard to get away. Hard to get away, he bowled 115 k's an hour length deliveries. Like nowadays, he would have been pumped for 36, I reckon, off that off that last over. What about, okay, how about action. this? Gavin Larson, hard to get away. Gavin Larson bowled in the same place, <laughs> at the same pace, every ball. Mystery Morrison, hard to get away. Mystery Morrison, Mystery Morrison got, got some, um, he got the send off from both of them in this game. <laughs> Because he he tried to pull a ball and it was just a, a real squib of a pull shot. He looked like he was scared. To be how honest, good, how good is um, Sneddon's here? Still, he's, 
He's got the same haircut. It's the same sort of Beatles haircut. Yeah, it's well, the same haircut. Is he running a rug or something, or is no. it? Is he, it's just hung in there. It's the same haircut. I he has the same hairdresser. I had a, I had a, I had a wine with um, Martin Sneedon just just a couple of weeks ago. Did, Did you? you? Yeah. Why is that? I was just at a, some kind of corporate box function thing. I was at. How's he doing? All right. Sneeds. Good. I've met him about five times. No memory of who I am. No. Sneeds. No, it's, it's he right. goes. He goes. I go. Hello. And he goes. Oh, well, nice to meet you. Hello. Okay. And I go. Yeah, okay. I met you here two weeks ago. <laughs> goes, oh, did I? And then before that, I met you then. And then before yeah. that, I met. You. He goes. Oh, did I? Freddie Flintoff was the first cool English player that I remember oh, focusing yeah. on. He, he was the he was guy cool. to watch in the Ashes, and he was cool. But I think it's because he just partied. He was is Stuart Broad cool? Or was he too much of a frog? I don't, know if he is, long. I don't know if he is I cool. Think, I think people like him, don't they? I think he's quite likeable. Uh, do you know who I heard the other day? Uh, Inside Word, who's a, apparently a great guy to hang out with? The Cum Dog. Pat Cummins. Apparently... Gr- a great time. I, no, I get that though. A great time. He's good looking. He's the most likable uh, Australian captain in a long time. There's something. He seems like a genuinely decent, smart human being. Apparently, very funny and very, very oh, good bowler. Such a good bowler. He can't be funny and look that good as well, and be that good at cricket. There's and a apparently, lot going on there. he's super he smart. Like right. he's he's doing Sudoku in in the dressing room instead of. Is he? Instead of anything else, he's smart. Oh, yeah. Not that you have to be that Could- smart to do something. <laughs> no. It's, but it's an interesting Australian cricketer, so different than a New Zealand cricketer, because the pathway to be an Australian cricketer is so much harder Hell than yeah. it is for a New Zealand cricketer. To get through the academy process, to get through that state system, to get through the Sheffield Shield is, is really competitive and hard cricket. So to get to the top, you've got to be a bit of an asshole generally, unless yeah. you are just insane. Insanely talented. Yeah. And occasionally, like, go like Cumdog, who's obviously just insanely talented, can make their way through. Without being a total asshole. Without being an asshole. But otherwise, you've got to be so focused. But isn't it amazing what a lot of Australian cricketers become really good guys as soon as they retire? Is that just because I'm not angry at them anymore? Yeah, probably. But it just seems like some, once they retire, you, you immediately, like, say, um, Brett Lee, suddenly, or, um, or, uh, What's his name? Ponting? Johnson. Well, I think oh, Mitchell, oh, Ponting Mitchell, Mitchell Johnson. Ponting's, a bit of a Ponting's doing the reverse for me right well, now. Well, actually, going back to that conversation with Baz McCullum at that house, I says to him, uh, yeah, Ricky Ponting, I, I don't rate him as a commentator. And he goes, he's the best guy in the world, whether he's a good commentator or not. He goes, Ricky Ponting is the... Because they're, they're basically best buddies. And he was saying that Ricky Ponting is a... like. A top bloke, yeah, and they always seem to be near each other doing things. Well, I think a lot of the New Zealanders get on well with the Australians, other than Brad Haddon. I think it's pretty. Well, Brad much Haddon was an absolute Brad fucking Haddon, asshole. Brad a dick, but apart from that, I think I think still a is. lot of them are, are good dudes. Well, Apparently, the Stoinis Infection is a great time. Oh, the Stoinis Infection is so funny. Yeah, he's great. But I think there's also that thing now where they all play in different IPL teams yeah. over there, and then they 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 socialise over in India, mm. not as being opponents, and they realise they've got more in common with each other as international cricketers than, than anyone than else in the world. Anyone else, especially international cricketers from the southern, you know, from Oceania. Yeah, you know, you're you're very different. Although, who was saying to us the other day, or was a while back, the Australians can't understand why New Zealand cricketers drive Ford Rangers and like. Normal cars because they all drive Lamborghinis and yeah, stuff. Yeah, who was telling us that? I can't remember who the cricketer was. It was quite a successful New Zealand cricketer, and they're like, you know, they were like, "What? Oh, is that a sponsorship vehicle?" So I drive a, <laughs> I drive an Aston Martin. It's like, yeah, because we don't. Get oh, that no, was Dave Warner. It was David Warner. Apparently, Dave Warner's just always giving financial advice. 
It's just constantly talking about, you know, how his investments are going, <laughs> how many houses he's got. But who was the New Zealand cricket? He said to him, he couldn't understand why he was driving that. It was like, maybe it was a Shodi or someone like that. And he's going, why are you driving? What well, you should you should get the new Aston Martin. <laughs> he had really no great. idea. He had no idea that, that New Zealand cricketers don't get paid as much as he does. But first of all, the Ford Ranger just stick the bag in the back and away you go, and the yeah. shoes just chuck, chuck no, them in I the tray, the, and I that works with, for me. With the DBX, you can kind of just chuck the um, you can chuck the cricket bag in the back as well if you want to. Oh, okay, you know that issue that that Aston Martin SUV. Yeah, and uh, in your Lambo as well. There's plenty of room in the Lambo. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of room in the Lambo. Hey. Um, so, if you want to make an instant three dollar donation, right. text three four nine three. Are you just bringing it back to a day in Lou? Here? Lou, is that yeah. that is that the work. longest? Is that the longest aside that we've ever had? Yeah, that was a twenty minute aside. Yeah. Well, we just put a pin in it, and now we're coming back to it, Jerry. Yeah. Can you make it? You can make an instant three dollar donation to Bell Cancer New Zealand by texting Lou. Right now. You just talked over me saying the number. Can it's you th- say it again holding your nose? Three four nine three, isn't it? You can make yes. instant Sorry. Sorry, go. Anyone else wanna No, you ready? You can make an instant three dollars. What is the actual Jerry? Do you have to write Lou? Yes, wait. Wait. You can make How do you it. Spell? <laughs> wait, I'll tell you. Okay? It's gonna be a murder. You can make an instant three dollar donation by texting. Fuck you! I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the download tomorrow. I'm not helping with bell cancer. I'm out. You're not helping with bell cancer. Well, not if he's going to keep talking over the Edmund. Jerry, look at me. Pull your pull your head in, buddy. You can make an instant three dollar donation by texting Lou to three four nine three. That's three four nine three Lou. You can make an instant three dollar donation okay, yeah, by texting Lou to three four nine three. How do you spell Lou? You talked over it again. How do you spell Lou? L O O. We know how to spell three four nine three. Well, we're sitting on the Lou, so it's not going to be L O U, is it? It's L O O. Does it have to be in caps? <laughs> and what kind of L-O-U. you're making a three dollar donation? Yeah, you know I've just you done can it. you know you can go to dayandlou.co.nz and make a donation, and then your name scrolls across the top. So I've been getting you can either select to do it anonymously or get your name rolling across the top. I've just done it, and the best thing is, it's a work phone, so I don't even have to pay. Oh, what? Oh, shit, yeah, let's go. Oh, I'll no, do that mine, on mine. Yeah. Well. a work phone. This one's on Bogsy. This one's on Bogsy. This one is on Bogsy. Do you not have a work phone? I've got my own phone. Oh. What, what I'm, not even, I'm not even on the work Wi-Fi. Do you want me to make a donation for you on my work well, phone? Well, it's too late. I've texted Lou to 3493. No. But they said thanks for your $3. No- thanks, guys. Yeah. Awesome. So cool. what, do you, what do you text to who? Well, you just said before, <laughs> Lou to 3493. Text 3493. Sorry. Text Lou to three four nine three. I did. I got that. Oh, here we go. Lou Thanks for making your three dollar donation. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm just, just going to bankrupt the company and help. And tomorrow we will be doing the show live from the bog at the Empire Tavern here in Auckland. Empire oh, no. There we go. I just did it again. I'm just doing it again. Can we wrap this shit up? <laughs> do it on your work phone. I have. Oh. I've just done it. All right then. Here you go. Three three donations. Did Anastasia have a work phone? Yeah. But, yep. but what you can Fuck do is, hell. what you can do though. Fuck this. Yeah. Excuse me. What you can do is, just seriously, let me get this out. You can go to dayinlu.co.nz and you can donate any amount you want, and your name goes across the top, so you can get kudos from the next person that comes along. Oh, that's right. Oh, I wish you'd told me that before. Mm, I've done it. Yeah, you- and, it, and it says they go to you. Do you want to donate anonymously? And I'm like, no. no. Fuck no. no. Here's my name. Here's my address. Here's my number. I'm single. <laughs> Is that what you 
sieht. Hello listeners, Matt Heath here, a.k.a. Daddy, a.k.a. The Coos. Bless, bless, bless. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you have time, sit to download, subscribe, like and review. You could win prizes for that. And while you're at it, why not stick around and listen to the show highlights pod. Give them a taste of Kiwi from me, Jerry, Mashian Stager.